0: So we had been discussing chapter 18, Moksha Sannyasa Yoga, Yoga of Liberation to Renunciation. You know, we had been discussing all throughout the chapter that this renunciation is about the sense of doership. That right now I have this sense of doership which makes me a doer, therefore I am bound by my own actions. But once you renounce that doership in knowledge, then yes. my true self is not the doer. And therefore, it's all related to the actions which I perform in this life. So we have seen the entire chapter discussing the quality of actions and how the actions are performed. It also says that if I am not attached to my actions, if I do not have ahankar, ahankar through bhava, and my buddhi is not tainted. Then, even if I kill, I do not kill. And I am not bound by my actions. So, the bondage is because of my doership in all the actions that I perform. So, therefore, we have seen the physiology of actions. And the three things are important knowledge of the field, actor, and then the act of acting, which is the action itself. So, these three. We have discussed in detail that they are affected by the qualities of the Prakriti. Prakriti we normally translate in English as nature. So you can apply that what is the nature of my knowledge, nature of my actions and nature of my own self will affect the outcome of this actions. And we have seen because they are part of the Prakriti they are affected by the Sattva tamas. So the knowledge can be sattvic, rajasic, or tamasic. The karta can be sattvic, rajasic, or Tamasik. Therefore, the actions will be sattvic, rajasic, or tamasic. And then we have seen that this is driven by the buddhi and dhruti. What kind of actions I will perform is dependent on my buddhi. So I have a buddhi, I will be performing sattvic actions. Because buddhi is the guiding factor. Buddhi, as we have seen, is the reservoir of all my experiences and memory. That creates my tendencies. The buddhi will finally decide whether it's to be done or not to be done. Based on what I have considered it to be my duties, my past experiences... The outcome which I had in past. So the buddhi also, depending on my past experiences and outcomes of my past experiences, can be satvik, rajasic or tamasic. No action can be successful unless there is dhruti, fortitude, a persistent efforts. So what kind of a dhruti I have will also be affecting my outcome of my actions. So we have seen that dhruti, the fortitude or grit, can also be of three types: satvik, rajasic, tamasic. Even the person who is trying to rob a bank, he is also needs the fortitude. You know, he may fail one time. He goes there first time, he figures out that this is not a right time. He goes back again and again till he finds the right time to rob the bank. So this dhruti also can be of rajasic, Sattvic, or tamasic. So we have seen that these five are connected. Three causes of actions. And two, the supporters, the buddhi and Dhruti, Who makes the action possible. They all can be sattvic, rajasic, or tamasic. So now you can see the permutation combinations of all this. the myriads of variations of actions that we see in this world. But the reason we all act is one and the same. We all want. Happiness. So the sukha, which comes out of these actions, can also be three types. Now, sukha can be translated in English either as comfort, is a comfort. I'm comfortable. I'm a sukhi. I'm a dukhi, I'm unhappy or not comfortable. So the sukha either is a comfort or a joy or happiness. Any three of these words can be associated with the word Sukha. In Sanskrit, two words, Sukha and Ananda. So what is the difference between these two, Sukha and Ananda, is what we obviously were trying to figure out. But in this case, it says the Sukha is the goal for all my actions. Because Sukha, I associate really with happiness. comfort. I associate with happiness. The word Sukha originated from the word for the space for the axle in a chariot. So sukham, kham is akasha, space. sukham, good space, for the axle for the chariot. Dukham, not so good space. In other words, if the, the, the hole in that chariot will is perfectly round, it sukham if it is not perfectly round it dukham why the ride will not be comfortable if the axle is perfectly balanced in its space and there is no space in between so it can wobble then your ride will be comfortable so that comfortable ride is associated with sukham Dukkham will be not very comfortable right? because your chariot is not doing well with that. Space for that axle is not perfect. So this Sukkham is associated with comfort that I experience in life. So the comfort actually relates to the outside environment. If temperature is right in this room, it is comfortable. If the temperature is too high or too low, somebody will start Complaining. So it relates to the outside condition. My happiness or my comfort is dependent on the outside environment. That sukham is generally associated with your outside conditions. I was watching one of these interviews with Bill Gates. And somebody asked him, do you relate your wealth with happiness? And he said, yes. I think wealth does give happiness. I said, why is I don't have to worry about the health care cost or anything like that? He right away related that to other people's problems because their conditions are not as comfortable as his is. That because of his wealth, he didn't have to worry about the normal things people have to worry about. So the Sukkam is typically the outside condition. Joy or Ananda is the state of mind. So happiness is a state of mind. It can be in a sukhi or dhukhi condition. Outside condition may not be comfortable, but I may be still happy. Sukha and dukkha, when it relates to the body, mind and intellect, they are obviously related to outcome of my efforts. So... This verse defines three types of sukha, which are the results of my actions. Sukham, Tvidanim, Trividam, Sronume, Bharata, The Sukha also can be of three types. I am acting in this world so that my life is comfortable and I achieve the happiness. Why do you want to be comfortable? Because I want to be happy. In the end, it's all about happiness. We know happiness is a state of mind. Somehow, if my mind feels that it's the perfect condition, then it will be happy. Till that time, it will keep complaining. I may have the best car, but that's not the car I wanted. I wanted something else. Well, I'm not really happy. Sukham you know. Listen that Sukha can be of three times. So, Sukha is also not common to all. Our standard example is smoking. That which gives sukha to one person, the guy sitting next to him, it gives him discomfort. So sukha also is personal and depending on my tendencies and my likings and my disliking. Abhyasat, Ramate, Yatra, But if you practice properly, this sukha can lead to the end of dukkha. If you figure out what is the cause of your dukkha and work towards it, the sukha can lead to the end of dukkha. That's all this verse The verse says there are three types of sukha. And if you are intelligent enough to find out what is the cause of your dukkha, then you can end that dukkha. But my problem is something else, and I'm working on something else. And Gujarat is saying said, I have a stomachache, but I'm hitting my head, you know. So if my cause of my dukkha is something else, but I'm keep trying to fix other things, it will not help. So therefore, he said that Abhyasat Ramate Yatra Chane with constant practice of figuring out what is dukkha and how to avoid it. Bhagavan Buddha finally figured out what is the cause of all these dukkhas in this world. He tried very hard. He said, No matter what situation, everybody is unhappy. Somebody is sick, somebody is old, somebody is poor. What is the cause? He finally found one universal cause for all dukkha. He said desire is the cause for all dukkha. If you get rid of the desire, all dukkhas will go away. So, Bhagavan said, you you should understand the nature of sukha also. Just because it is comfortable, it will not give you happiness. Yat agre visam eva pariname amruto upamam tat sukham sattvikam atma buddhi prasadajam Every word is important here to understand. So it says the Satvik sukha is which is Compared to poison, vision, and so difficult climbing Mount Everestin. You know. I don't know why people do it, I have never figured out, you know. So something which you consider sukha, and if you know achieve that, but you have to go through hell. The road to heaven passes through hell. So, so you have to go through hell to get to heaven, you know. So Bhagavan said that That which is, in the beginning like a poison, but in the end like nectar, that is sattvika sukham. Where does it come from? It says, Atma, Buddhi, Prasadajam. It comes as a prasad from your Buddhi, which is established in yourself. One who has realized his own nature, true nature. That buddhi will give you a prasad. So as we use the word prasad in our day-to-day language, when you go to, to temple and do puja, at the end there is a prasad. Now this prasad is not really guaranteed on my efforts. Because you're up to the pujari. You know, oh, Whatever the prasad, whether I get a banana or mango. You know, whether we had all these fruits and you know, one mango. So Meena said that her eye was on the mango. But then she asked the first person, whatever fruit you want to take, take the one fruit from here. That person took the mango. So, so prasad is, if you are given a choice, it's not really a prasad. Prasad is to be given. Swami used to say, well, you go to the prasad, just take it from say, no, 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 prasad is to be given. Prasad is never taken. I can't take prasad. Prasad is something which is not in my control. It comes because of my efforts automatically. So that prasad of integrating my buddhi with the truth, what comes out of it is the result of that, is the prasad of that integration. So the buddhi which is established in the self which gives you a prasad in the form of a sukha, bliss. Bhagavan says that's a sattvic sukha. But to get to that point was like a poison. All the efforts that you had to put to figure out what my true self is, going through all the experiences in life. See, when Buddha went through all these experiences in his life, he went from one teacher to another. He left his kingdom, left his wife, left his child, meditated for years. Finally, under the Bodhi tree, he realized what the real nature of the truth is. Then he achieved the bliss. The Bhagavan said that that Sukha, which is obtained after vigorous efforts, that gives the most satisfaction. Because if you earned your sukha, then that will give you the most happiness. If you have come to that final point of integrating your mind and intellect so that it recognize yourself, that sukha will be a permanent sukha and therefore it is satvik. In contrast to that, visaya indriya sanyogat yattat ugre amrutopamam pariname visamiva tatsukham rajasamsmrutam But that which is very pleasant in the beginning because it is born out of context of sense organs with the sense objects. Nice silky clothes, nice bed. Those things give you happiness because of the context of the sense organs with the sense object which feels like nectar in the beginning. But pariname vishamiva, if you get too attached to those sukha, it becomes wish in the end. Because there is no guarantee that what I'm getting today, I will continue to get. We get used to our own bed. When you have to go someplace else, no matter how good a bed is, you don't feel like a hotel bed. They are actually more expensive beds in hotels than you typically, but you don't feel good at the hotel bed. Or you go to India, and then that's not really comfortable. That's because, not because their bed is uncomfortable, you associated a comfort with the type of a bed you are used to of. So Bhagavan says, therefore, this Sukha, which seems like nectar in the beginning, eventually it gives you nothing but unhappiness. Because that experience is not permanent. No matter what it is, any joy which comes out of context of sense organs with sense object is finite. It starts at... Time T1 will end as time T2. And after that it has to be something else. And therefore, that is not permanent. Seeking permanent happiness in that are futile efforts. And therefore, in the end you will have nothing but unhappiness. And last he says, Yad agrecha anubandecha sukham mohanam atmanaha nidra alasya pramada uttam. If I don't do anything, it is comfortable. But will that give me comfort afterwards? Because I'll be basically unemployed. I'm not getting anything, not accomplishing anything. That sukha, which is in the beginning also born out of delusion, and it continues as delusion. Out of my delusion... I feel this is the only comfortable situation. He said, that sukha is tamasic. In the beginning also, it's not very happy situation. In the end, also not a happy situation. But mind thinks, this is the only way I can be comfortable. I give an example of scratching. I used to eczema. I'm a little more in control now. But when you're scratching, it's not really very comfortable. But still, you're scratching. But that's the only way it gives you some. And afterward, when you stop scratching... It's still hurting. In the beginning also, it was out of delusion. In the end also, it's not giving you any happiness. One guy was hitting his head on the wall. So somebody said, why are you hitting your head on the wall? He said, because it feels good when I stop. So something which I'm not, not aware of why I'm doing it, but I think this is the only way I can keep myself comfortable. Which comes out of nidra, sleep. Alasya laziness, and pramada, heedlessness. So this confuses us because we say, well, nidra is necessary. This is not really referring to a physical sleep which you require every day, every 24 hours, you need 8 hours of sleep. We are not talking about that sleep. That sleep is, I am completely unaware of the reality around me. What is real and what is unreal, I am completely unaware of. As if I am living life in sleep, so I'm not really figuring it out what is right for me, what is not right for me. So I'm basically living a life in, in a sleep. And asleep. In therefore, I'm lazy. I can't gather enough energy to do anything because I don't know whether it's right or wrong. I need enough energy inside that my mind, when it says this needs to be done, the buddhi says that's the right thing to do to execute the plan and do the action. But because I am living in a sleep-like state, I don't figure out what is right, what is wrong. There is not enough energy for me to execute any action. Therefore, Allah therefore, laziness. We'll do it tomorrow, not today. Why not today? No, no good reason. But just today is not a good day. So, Bhagavan says, that's out of the delusion because I'm not really figuring it out what is right or wrong. And third is heedlessness. Other people are noticing it and say, why don't you do something? Your exams are coming, start preparing, but I don't want to hear. Heedlessness. Other people are giving me right advice, but I don't have capacity to listen. Therefore, I'll continue doing what I'm doing and then start blaming everybody else. Because of them, I'm in this situation. Society is unjust. People are corrupt. Therefore, I am in this situation. So Bhagavan said that such a sukha, even though I feel that I am comfortable not doing anything or living the life where I am living, it is a tamasic sukham because it is born out of delusion and it continues and ends in delusion only. This is where we stop. Om Sarve Bhavant Sukhina sarve santu niramaya, sarve Bhadraani pashyantu ma kaschit dukha om shantihi 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 hari yom. Shri Guru Bhai Na Maha